Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Definitely wants to go back to Tampa Bay, which obviously gives them a leg up in any negotiations. But there's a lot of wide receiver needy teams in the NFL and some guys, I think, that would be willing to throw some significant money in the direction of Mike Evans that would make that a very difficult decision, even given his age, particularly if, you know, T. Higgins or Michael Pittman or both get get franchise tagged and get taken off the market. And all of a sudden, the receiver group looks a little worse than it did on paper heading into free agency. I mentioned Carolina. I'm going to mention them for every single wide receiver that's available. They would make a ton of sense. Mike Evans is still a legit number one. That is Sam Monson, pro football focus. He is uh, one of the many that is connecting Mike Evans and the Carolina Panthers. Panthers need a wide receiver desperately. Mike Evans is a stud, a free agent, who really, as Adam Schefter said this week, really, I don't think has any chance of being tagged. His tag number would be $28 million. Because of what his salary was last year. So it does look like he could get to the open market. Can we afford that sort of salary, though? That would be my question with old Mikey Evans there. There's no doubt the dude's a baller. Ten straight thousand yard seasons. Yeah, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. Is he go is it about money for him at this point? Or is it about is he at that level of his career where he's trying to get to the best spot to win another championship. Is he going to be looking at whatever teams can afford him that at the highest level with Kansas City or all these teams? I've seen the list of teams linked to him, and it's all the Baltimore Ravens. It's all the teams that are contenders. Is that where his eyes are going to go, or is it going to be about money or coaching with Canales and the guys he knows here? I don't know what his mindset is. Yeah, I'm not sure that, like, Joe Person put it bluntly. I'm not sure spending five months with Dave Canales is going to have a huge effect on the decision. Right, I would put him like, down. Of all the guys we talk about, I'd put him down the list of these of these. All guys. right, well, let's do it. Let's let's yeah. let's. Well, are we start? We're starting with Mike Evans, then, right? Because we because we have a wheel that we're going to spin. Do we have an actual wheel? We got a wheel. Flounder's going to spin the wheel. Oh, wide out! This is exciting. All right, let's spin the wheel. See who it lands on. Which wide out we landed on here in free agency in the offseason. Oh, it's Mike Evans. What a coincidence. Isn't that amazing? It just wow. happened. On the first to talk about him. Wow. And it landed on him. So what how did you, you see how we're I'm, I'm confused on how you saw where that landed? I can see it right over there, man. I can see it right over there. All so, right. So like this game might not be on the up and up here. We have an you know, we have an actual wheel down there in the that office. Took, take too much work. No, I tried to go get it during the break. It's so heavy, I might need someone else to carry it. Oh, yeah, you gave up. So you were going to say what I'm thinking. I don't think I don't think Mike Evans is coming here. No. I, I don't really. And I also don't know, Bone. You're trying to re-sign Burns. You might have to use the tag. You might have to use $22.7 of cap money on him. Um, you got to sign Luvu. Like, I'm not sure that price range is where we're going to be looking. Anyway. Never say never, but I put it at a... Uh 
less than 10% chance. I got to pull up this CBS article that has their projected values. I mean, it's only the, the opinion of CBS and their and their NFL writers, but like he's projected Bone to be about like 24 million a year. Yeah. That's a big one, man. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I say that's, that's that's the lowest percentages of the wheel. But he's a hell of a player, man. There's no doubt about it. And you know it. what? Even if he doesn't come here, Get him out of the South in Tampa. That that still was a win in some ways, is it not? No doubt. No well, doubt. He doesn't go to like Atlanta or New Orleans or something. No, that's a good yeah. point, too. That's a good point, too. All right, Flounce, spin the wheel, baby. Spin that wheel. You're supposed to clap while this is oh. happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no whammies and stop. All right. Uh, Wrong we, game. Okay. We have T. Oh, Higgins. Do I stop? We have T. Higgins, yes. baby. Oh. We have T. Higgins now on the wheel. T. Higgins is a unrestricted free agent. There's a lot of talk that he could be franchise tagged in Cincinnati. Now, there is some talk of a tag and trade availability. How do you feel about T. Higgins, Bone, as a Panther fan? I think it's uh, it's in the middle of my options. I think, though, your plan would have to be a factor in this, too. I wouldn't just want to get Higgins and say, okay, we're we're good here. I would still probably use 33 Mac on a guy like Ladd McConkie or somebody like that. I would put Higgins in there with more guys. I don't think he's – I'm not sure he's your number one. I think he's helpful. I think he's valuable, but I would still add – I wouldn't just stop there. I would go draft a guy as well. I'd go get a, a McConkie if you're going to go try to get a Higgins in some sort of trade or something. Yeah, I'm not – I, I wouldn't just get him and say we're good. I, I would add more to it. I want you to know right now we could add Jerry Rice in his prime, and I'm drafting a wide receiver in the second or third round. Like I did, To me, this has to be veteran receiver edition and rookie receiver edition. You want I, his son, Brayden Rice, here? We, we need, need them both. Yeah, I forgot he's available. So the CBS – um. Uh, piece they, that they put up on ranking. The, they actually rank him the number one wide receiver because of age over Mike Evans, and I do like that point. With Mike Evans, as good as he is, it's like, we're rebuilding. He's north of 30. You know, there, th- there's that question, too. But T. Higgins, they have him $18.6 million per year. So do you like do you like this idea? I just don't think it's, it's likely. In the, it's in the middle of the wheel idea. I think he's going to be tagged, and I don't think it's really going to get in play for us. But I do like the idea because of his age versus Mike Evans. He's only 25, you know, or he'll be yeah. 25 during the season. All right, Flound Dog, I know you're getting tired over there. Spin that wheel, baby. Spin the wheel of wide outs. All right. All right. Yeah. Shout out to my mom, my dad. Oh. What do we got? All right. We are on Marquise Brown. Oh, Marquise Hollywood Brown. That's my Gus Johnson. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay, you ain't good. winning anything with that impression. It's not very good. I I do the Gus Johnson Hollywood. Oh my bad, my bad. I forgot that. You, you got to pause. You got to <laughs> Marquise. Oh yeah. yeah. Pause. Hollywood. <laughs> Read an ad. Joe Clark. <laughs> Brown. Okay, I Hollywood forgot about pause. Yeah, you got to pause there for a while. All right, so he'll be twenty. He'll he'll be twenty seven during, uh, or actually turns twenty seven December twentieth. So he's twenty six right now. Um, CBS lists the Panthers as one of the team fits for him, and CBS estimates fourteen point nine million a year. He is an outright free agent. Doesn't take a trade. Do you have any interest in Hollywood Brown? No, not really. I would say, I mean, again, he's a guy that helps the receiver room. I just, ah, I, I, he's, he's, da- he's not, he's above Mike Evans in terms of what I think you can, you can obviously attain him a lot easier. I just, I, I don't have much interest in Hollywood Brown. I think Hollywood Brown is a name that people are drawn to and they think he's really great, but ultimately I don't think he produces that much. 
He would be an upgrade, though, over no, our he, receiving core, he, right? He would, but I, I don't know. I mean, he only had 574 last season receiving yards. He's had 1,000-yard season in five years. He's had one year, Bone, of more than 769 yards. So I kind of see what you're saying. And he's also supposed to be this big play guy, but only averages 11 and a half yards a catch. You know what That's I mean? what I'm saying. I think people He's get drawn. More slot, like short people guy. get drawn to the thought of Hollywood Brown. I don't more, really love it either. More than the production of who he actually is. I don't really love it, but I do wonder, Bone, if this is the area of the free agent list that we're going to end up choosing from, though. I do, I do wonder about that. All right, Flound Dog, spin that wheel of wideouts, baby. Spin it away. Yay! Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we should be excited. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right, here we got. Here we go right now, Bone Man. This would be a trade. This would be a trade. Brandon Mm. Ayuk. Are you down with Ayuk is on fire? You have to make a trade, though. What do we have to trade? That's the the problem. Yeah, that would be so far the best option, the best route runner in the league at this point, 1,400 yards. People said yesterday he's a system guy. Absolutely not. I think he's the perfect type of receiver that Bryce Young can work with that kind of is similar to the the Alabama guys that are so successful that, you know, get them in space, run some routes. That would be right now on this list. That would be my number one so far. The problem is, though, it's all about the attainability of these guys, and I don't know how you go about doing that. Joey from Huntersville, Mac, is a diehard Niners fan. He said yesterday that he had read or heard somewhere that, you know, would the Niners be more apt to keep Brandon Ayuk at this point and move off of Debo Samuel because of IU's age, production, and the injuries that have happened He's so more reliable Just pay Debo. Debo, though. How much? I mean, who's willing to take numbers. on that contract? I don't, I don't know the answer. I'm just saying what a Niner fan said to us. I'd be interested in trading for Debo, although he does have a 20-plus million dollar a year deal like Flounder's talking about. I, I just The IU thing to me would be awesome if we actually had a first-round pick, and the only way we can get a first-round pick is to trade Brian Burns, and I'm not about trading Brian Burns. So that's kind of where I get. I would rather have Bone one of these free agents on the list that you don't have to give up draft collateral for and sign Burns as well. Um, wheel time. Mac doesn't want Brandon. I. You. Thank you, Gus. Thank you, Gus. Spin that wheel, Flan. We still have like umpteen wide receivers left right. to go. I know. Right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Here we go, baby. Michael Pittman. Ooh. Michael Pittman, unrestricted free agent, but could be tagged. Oh, yeah. Uh, again, he's not a – he's productive, right? The numbers bear oh, yeah. that out. Oh, yeah, big-time production. But he, he's not, not a burner. A, not a game-breaker, not a big-play burner. But again, Mac, Mike Evans and DK Metcalf are big guys that were – you know, they're they're game-breakers, but they're, they're bigger guys that can move the chain. So far, I think based off – the ability to get him in production, putting him with Canales, that would be my first option right now on the wheel because Ayuk's a better player. I just don't know how you're going to get him. So right now, I think all the variables I play, Pittman would be so far on my list on the wheel, my first option. 2,000-yard seasons in his career, had 109 catches this past year, 99 the year before that. Does only average, where's his yards per catch at? Only averages nine. Or no, that's the truth. 
10 plus a catch. 10 plus a catch. It's never so happened it's a to lot Pat Sajak. Of... You never see Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak has it under control. <laughs> he's way smoother than I am. I think he's going to be tagged, though. I don't think this one is going to come to fruition for us. You got one more here? Uh, all right. If we... you're Pat Sajak, I'm very white. We... <laughs> <laughs> very white. Turn those letters over. All right. Give me one more. <laughs> we have one last cool. one. Wheels getting creaky, yeah. man. Yeah. What else? Wheels falling All right. What we got? We got Calvin Ridley. Yes, that's my option that goes above Pittman. But, Mac, you brought something to my attention yesterday that was just eye-opening. And I looked it up, and I know that he had a little bit of a rough childhood in high school, so he got set back a couple years. I did not know that Calvin Ridley turns 30 years old in December. How about this for a fact, Mac? Mike Evans is 30 right now. Calvin Ridley, he turns 31 in August, so they're a year apart or so. They're almost the same age. They are four drafts apart. Mike Evans was drafted in 14, Ridley in 18, but yet one is 30 now and one is about to turn 30. One's played 10, oh. year, 10 seasons, the other one's played five. It's, it's, it, I know and that that's the a- thing. Is Ridley's age, a lot of people are texting, stay away from Calvin Ridley because of his age, but there's got to be a lot more tread on his tires and than Mike missed, Evans. And he missed a lot of time. That's going to be, well, they had the, f- the five seasons would be six if he didn't miss one okay, completely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but Calvin Ridley... Um, He's got to have more tread than Mike Evans, right? Yes. He's very lightly worked 29-year-old at this point in time. And I think Calvin Ridley would be the perfect guy to go sign for us. I'm not sitting here saying he's as good as Mike Evans' bone. I'm not on here saying that, hey, he's a Brandon Ayuk or someone like that, or even T. Higgins. But I think he's a guy that uh, has a couple of thousand-yard seasons in his career, including this past one in Jacksonville. Had an almost 1,400-yard season. Had a 1,374-yard season in Atlanta. I think the dude is good enough to be our number one. Is he one of the best ones in the league? No. But on this staff, I think he is. On this squad, and if you add a rookie wide receiver with him, I think that would be great to go with Adam Thielen and Jonathan Mingo. Calvin Ridley is one of my favorites. And Gabe Davis did not come up on the wheel. It's unfortunate for Gabe. He did not come we up on the wheel. ran out of spins, Gabe. He's an interesting one, too, Bone. I, I, he had a disappointing year, but he's a game breaker. He's a guy that can create big plays, and we freaking need those. Put out a nine-minute nine goodbye video to the Bills. Nine minutes. That, really? that lasted longer than some Panther wideouts careers around here. <laughs> Are you in for the law firm act of McConkey and Ridley? Would you sign up for that? I'd to be, be the so law firm? down with Ridley and McConkey. Yeah, I would be so. And then Ridley and Leggett. You know, there's a lot of yeah. interesting combinations we could come up with, but we got to get two, man. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio ninety two point seven WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer to the Body Works Plus guest hotline on Sports Radio 92.7 FM. You can follow Mike Kay on Twitter at Mike underscore E underscore K. Mike, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? 
I'm well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Mike, I wanted to have you on so we could talk about if the Carolina Panthers could actually bring the band back together, such as you answer with a nice question from Chris in your mailbag edition on the Charlotte Observer. So Chris asked if it was possible to keep Brian Burns, Frankie Louvu, and Derek Brown without decimating the Panthers' salary cap. And you said it was possible to do all of that, despite Brian Burns being one of the highly coveted free agents. We'll see about the franchise tag. And Frankie Louvu being rated the number one linebacker in free agency by a lot of different outlets. So I, I know you write about this a little bit. I do advise people to go check out your article. They can find it on your Twitter handle and the Charlotte Observer. But Mike, if you don't mind explaining just how they could do it and if you think it would be prudent to keep all of these guys back on the defensive side. Well, for one, you know, this is going to be like, you know, you see those gifts on, online of like numbers flying around people's heads. To simplify this, when you sign a guy to a long-term contract, typically what you do is you give them a large signing bonus and you spread it out through the first three years of the contract, which then allows you to lower a cap hit. So let's say you sign Frankie Louvu, I'm just saying three years, $30 million, and like $15 million of that is a bonus. The other $15 million is his base salary. So you would spread it out through three years, of the contract and lower his cap number because just because this guy is making a $15 million bonus and a $5 million salary and that's $20 million doesn't mean that's going to be his cap number. So what you do is you lower the cap number. Let's say his cap number is $7 million. Okay, cool. $7 million. That seems really palatable, right? Well, guess what? You've got Derek Brown coming off the Pro Bowl season. If you sign him into an extension, you can say you can lower his cap number and save roughly $9 million. So you're paying basically for Luvu and then getting additional credit if you extend Derek Brown before free agency and then also sign Luvu. Then from there, you've got the franchise tag to use on Brian Burns. If Brian Burns signs the $22.5 million deal or whatever it is right now, yeah, that's going to put a hindrance on your cap. But if you can work out a long-term deal, you can dramatically save money because, again, you can lower his cap number and his base salary and make up for it with a bonus you spread out through years of the contract. Now, I know that's like a lot of gymnastics there. It's just doable. The answer to the question is, yes, it's doable. Is it prudent? Depends on what the number is for Brian Burns. Because right now... You know, there are reports out there that they offer $27 million. That's exactly what Joey Bosa makes per APY. Um, and both the four-time Pro Bowler. Burns is a two-time Pro Bowler. Burns has better durability, but Bosa has had four 10-plus sack seasons with the defensive rookie of the year uh, and signed his contract a little while ago and is older. So like, there's a lot of gymnastics. The market changes. But to answer the question, it would be prudent depending on what Burns gets. So, Mike, just to continue this, is it an either-or situation on how you want to allocate your resources to bringing all of these guys back defensively and getting a top-notch wide receiver? Like, do you have to pick one or the other, or is it possible to do everything you just talked about, all those defensive pieces, and also get one of these other guys at wide receiver like a Pittman, a Calvin Ridley, and a Mike Evans? I know at different price points, but somewhere in that tier. Well, it'd be really difficult if you have to franchise tag Burns. Like, this is really a race to get a lot of things done before March 13th. Now, if you put the franchise tag on him and say, hey, go check out your market, the non-exclusive tag, 
see what you're worth. See if somebody's willing to pay, you know, maybe not two first round picks, but we can work out a deal if they're willing to pay what you want. And I just, I find that to be kind of interesting because you look at two guys who outplayed Brian Burns last year. They got traded at the deadline. Montez Sweat only secured a second round pick, and that was with a, a massive extension attached to him. And then Chase Young was a third round pick, and he didn't get an extension. So I'm interested to see who would be willing to pay Burns what he wants, as well as compensate the Panthers in, in a in a nice way. And so if Burns is on the franchise tag, regardless of whether you re-sign Lubu, regardless of whether you extend Brown, that's going to put a hindrance on what they can do in free agency. So that gives Burns leverage. Um, That's why I think you'll see them kind of wait until they absolutely have to to assign a franchise tag if they plan to do that. Mike K. joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And Mike, when you look at this defense, is it – are they good where they're at if they're able to re-sign Louvu Browns, Louvu Brown and Burns, or do you think that they still could use another maybe high-priced item on defense, or do they think that they're just in a position with those guys if they can get them secured that they can just kind of build around them uh, with guys that aren't going to cost so much? Well, I, I think their strategy of building the defense through the draft works. I would put money into the offense, especially if you're going to pay three guys, you know, upwards of $10 million a year. Um, They're going to need help at corner. Obviously, one of the avenues to saving money, uh, they can save $5.9 million by cutting Dante Jackson, who's had a pretty inconsistent career. Um, They also can, can move some money around by doing some restructures. But I think, you know, when you see C.J. Henderson, he's going to hit free agency. Troy Hill might be back just because he's got a connection to the staff and played relatively well last year. Sam Franklin is going to be a free agent. There's stuff to be done at cornerback, inside linebacker, depending on what Shaq Thompson's situation and Lugu's situation are. But they really need an edge number two, and I think day two is going to be where they have to address that. I don't think they're going to be able to address the offense with, like, you know, quality starters and then go try to make deals with guys like Daniel Hunter or whomever if they've already signed Brian Burns. Like, Bryce Huff is a really interesting player. Comes from the Jets, had a higher sack percentage, uh, pressure rate than than Brian Burns last year, actually. And I think he's going to be one of the bells of the ball in free agency. If they do decide to tag and trade Burns, I wouldn't be surprised if Huff was a big target for them. And so you're talking about the offense and and getting weapons there. Do you think that this is a situation where the Panthers uh, should try to build the receiving core through the draft and through low-priced free agents that are young, or do you really think that they need to go out and really spend big to find that number one guy? I think that the fallback plan would be to build around, you know, the medium market, I think the B-level market for wide receiver is significantly better than it was last year. Like, significantly. Um, the issue they're going to have is getting one of those top-tier guys. You want to sign Mike Evans at 30. Uh, obviously, he's coming off a really good season and knows Canales, but, like, to have two thirds plus 30 wide receivers who are your main two targets when this team looks like it's going to be in a major rebuild, that's something you need to weigh. Um, I think a lot of people are really intrigued by the Brendan Ayuk trade rumors. You're 
probably trading 33 and then some and giving up a lot of opportunity costs, which is what draft picks are. You can cost control players. If you do that, plus you're going to have to sign him to an extension. So there's a lot for Brent Phillips to weigh here. He's brilliant when it comes to the numbers based on his history, but like they're going to have to figure out what they want to do, and they can't overextend themselves. You notice with Dan Morgan and Dave Pinellas, there were no talks of, hey, let's win the division this year. I think they need to play this patiently one way or another. And so there are receivers out there on the secondary receiver market like Noah Brown, Gabe Davis, Tyler Boyd. Are, are, is there a receiver in particular that you feel like is in that second wave after some of the big superstars that could really come in and have Adam Thielen-type value, maybe not 100 catches, but really come in and have an impact? So Gabe Davis, as you mentioned, is a guy who was in Buffalo. He was drafted while um, Dan Morgan was an executive there. Um, I really like his upside. Uh, you know, he's been very inconsistent in Buffalo. I do wonder if he was the focal point of an offense, if, if that would make him a little bit uh, more fluid in his production. Um, he's a guy who's kind of interesting. I, I think when you look at this market, though, it, 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 you're going to have to kind of double tap, as it were, um, when it comes to wide receivers if you're going to go with that secondary market. You bring up Noah Brown. He's kind of interesting. I, I don't think there's like a one guy who you're like, yeah, man, we missed out on T. Higgins. We missed out on Bryant and NIU. This guy can totally fill that role. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman could be uh, franchise tag. I think he's more of a high-end number two wide receiver personally. Um, but here, he would definitely be an upgrade. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, I just think they've drafted guys in the second round of wide receiver, and those guys have shown that it takes time to really kind of capitalize. Wide receiver used to be a position where you kind of ease guys into it. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, pretty much anybody who went to LSU uh, or Clemson basically has, has debunked that theory over the years. But I think, you know, we've seen it with Jonathan Mingo. You can't just expect this guy to come in and be the number one wide receiver. Mike, we'll get you out of here on this one. We know about the obvious questions with Brian Burns, with Derek Brown extension and stuff like that. Is there a question about this team you don't think uh, enough people are asking about an underra uh, underrated aspect about this team heading into the offseason, if you will? Well, I think if you go and you revisit the Bryce Young trade, um, you know, I, I didn't criticize them too much because I was also somebody who said that they needed to identify their quarterback and go get him. But we brought up opportunity costs earlier on in the pot, in, in the show, and while they have tons of cap room in 2025 and 2026, you also have to remember, like they gave up some really high-priced, opportunistic lottery tickets to trade up for this pick. They gave up two second-round picks. They gave up an extra first-round pick. Those are cost-controlled items, and I think you're seeing that they're going to have to spend or be patient in order to build this team up the right way. And I think that's going to be interesting as we kind of watch them spend in free agency, as we watch this new regime develop talent and who they target. That's Mike K from the Charlotte Observer joining us here on Wesson Walker via the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Had him talking about his mailbag article on the Observer. Can Carolina afford to keep Burns, Luvu, and Brown? He wrote it over a week ago, but it's going to be one of those articles I feel like it's nice to keep going back to to see, okay, how can Carolina do this? It's a great article to make sense of the cap situation. Mike, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. 
listening to WFNZ on 92.7 FM and WFNZ.com on the WFNZ app and by asking your smart device to play Sports Radio WFNZ. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Hey guys, T-Bone here from the Mac and Bone Show in the studio with some friends I have from the Kiwanis Club. They're involved in something really cool. Might be considered the coolest thing going right now. Mark Peppelman, Charles Holler, the Kiwanis Club. Explain, Mark, what exactly this coolest dog contest is all about. Well, sure. The coolest dog contest is a f- online contest where you can enter your dog and uh, vote for your dog as the coolest dog. And the contest will run for four weeks, and the winning dog gets its own private label beer from Ooh. Suffolk Punch Brewing with its picture uh, focused on the can and, and the ability to name the beer. So talk, uh, Charles, a little more about the contest itself. I have a dog, Mabel, who's a little bit of a uh, little bit of a sensation within the radio world. She might have to enter this, especially when there's uh, beer involved in this thing. So the, the proceeds and, and how this is going to operate. Give us a little details of the stages and how this operates. So, yeah, I think Mabel has a good shot at it, too. Really <laughs> so you would sign up, Mabel. You'd upload a photograph of her and say a few things about her on the website. Super easy to work with. Yeah. Get your friends family, anybody, you have a pretty good uh, spread here, to vote on Mabel. Each vote is $1. $10 to enter Mabel. She competes for four weeks, and then we announce the winner. Like Mark said, winning dog gets on the can of the beer. Ooh. They also get some swag, too. We have oh. a school that we sponsor. Kiwanis helps kids locally, and one of our school uh, partners has an art department, and those kids are going to design some dog bowls, and we'll fire those off in a kiln, and you'll so Mabel will have a, a dog bowl if she wins, and and uh, a lot of a lot of beer to give out to your friends. The money uh, goes to uh, grant recipients that focus on children's literacy. So this is Mark. This is the second annual, right? You guys did this last year, and the contest runs February twenty second, March twenty third. The website is again for people who want to sign up. Uh, it's easiest to just Google coolest dog in Charlotte, and it will take you right to the link, and it will pop right up. And the kickoff celebration again, February 22nd, 6.30 p.m., Suffolk Punch Brewing, Griffith Street in Charlotte. Now, you guys do so much more than just the coolest dog contest. You guys have a lot a lot going on. Charles, explain the Kiwanis Club. If someone doesn't know what it's all about, promote it here, how to get involved, and what you guys are all about. Oh, this is great. Yes, we're a 105-year-old uh, club here in Charlotte. We're an international club. We focus on ser- serving the children of Charlotte here. We have programs in elementary school called Terrific Kids. You've probably seen the bumper stickers on cars. That recognizes kids for uh, you know, doing good things in the classroom, taking extra steps. We also have programs in middle school, high school, key club. Uh, we, we serve the community through a foundation. Nonprofits come and speak to our club, and we support them financially. We, uh, we Anything that focuses on, on helping kids and helping our community. Why why was dogs the choice for this contest, Mark? What, what led to love of dogs? Was there a specific thing that led to this being a thing that came about? Well, we all know that 
the majority of us love our dogs, right? Yes. Even if you're not a dog owner, right? There's something special about a canine. You know, they're used in therapy for children and, and even adults. And so we know dogs are something that really resonate with people. And what better way to um, have some fun? We call this a fun fundraiser. Yeah. And it really is, right? And we had a lot of dogs uh, that were in the contest last year that came to our opening and closing celebration. And, and, and the dogs were there and very much a part of the contest. All right, Charles, one more time. Give promotion to the event, the Kiwanis Club, and all we need to know about this wonderful cause. Uh, thank you, T-Bone. Yes, we have great sponsors. FNZ, D- WBT, Tyler 2 Construction, Queen City Canines, Suffolk Punch Brewery. And just uh, just Google, coolest dog in Charlotte, Charlotte Kiwanis Club. You can sign up your dog. If you don't have a dog or you don't feel like signing your dog up, you can vote on the one that you think is cool. Every vote counts. Money goes to this great cause of children's literacy. And if you're interested in learning more about the Kiwanis Club, we'd love to have you. We're just a bunch of volunteers. We get together, we have a lot of fun, and we just serve our community. We will find out March 23rd who the coolest dog in Charlotte is as the contest goes for a month. Charles, Mark, all Kiwanis Club, thank you so much. We're monitoring to see uh, who wins this thing. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank Thank you, you. T-Bone. There's another heaping helping of instant replay coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Uh, anytime one of the, uh, the you know the the fancies the diplomats the you know those folks are in town they they shut down the roads and make things very inconvenient for the rest of us but that's what happened did it get you Nate Wimberly were you out there on the no, roads no 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 I saw the the, the traffic map though and uh yeah you uh, stayed you here did, you didn't want to be on seventy you stayed right here in Uptown yes, yes this beautiful view we got yeah we can see all the roads everywhere up here at the top of the hill we know when to leave and when not to leave exactly all right well it's good to see you brother how are things you too everything's good everything's good all right uh, we just got word by the way that Lamelo Lamelo Ball will not play again tonight um, the Hornets have won four straight we'll talk more about that in a minute but. Boy, I mean, listen, you're on record these last couple of weeks. You have gained some fans on this show, <laughs> and I suspect some Twitter followers, too, yeah. um, who've said, hey, Nate's bringing it every week. Nate is keeping it real every single week, and you've said this is becoming Brandon Miller's team. Absolutely. You've got LaMelo under a microscope when he comes back, and, and here we are. Two, they had eight days off, and he's still not back. What are you thinking? Uh the- I, I want to get him out there just to see him mesh and, and, and see how he works with these guys. I still want to see that um, because from that point on, you will know what you need to do with him. And I'm not saying this immediately. We need to get rid of him, but it, it'll just be good. Look, folks, he's a superstar. He's a great talent. You don't want to get rid of that. You want him to work well with this blend and this this new group of guys and whatever they do in the offseason. You want him to fit in with that. And nobody nobody wants to push him out the door. But we need to know exactly what this thing is going to look like, if it's going to work, and then you make the adjustments from that point on. So I was looking forward. I was I was hoping to see him last night, but nope. Want to see him tonight? Nope. And another thing I want to see with the Hornets, I want to see them play some teams that are are pushing and play and playing for a playoff position like this one tonight. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I want to see them against the better teams. You know, the Jazz aren't they're not going anywhere. You know, you beat Toronto, they're not going anywhere. You know, the Hawks they ain't going anywhere, even though they're in the playing game right now. I want to see them against uh, playoff teams, and we're going to see that in these next few games. But yeah, we are. just to see what this thing really looks like against 
NBA teams that are really pushing and playing to win games because their their playoff future depends on it. Well, I, I agree with that, right? I'd be nice. I'd prefer to see those teams win fully healthy, mm-hmm. right? But that's that's not the way this is going to work. Exactly. And as much fun as we're having right now, and it's all justified, mm-hmm. this schedule in the final 28, 30 games is pretty tough. I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers are the hottest team in the NBA. They haven't played them yet. They're going to have to play them three times yeah. in, in 30 games. So uh, if the Hornets are going to impress people, they're going to have to do it beating some good teams along the way. And that's what you want to see. That's what you, you really want to know where this team is headed uh, going into this offseason, and that'll be the barometer. You know, if you go out there and beat up a bunch of tomato cans and everybody gets their, you know, egos inflating and feeling good about everything, you go into next season, they're like, oh, what happened? Well, they probably didn't play anybody at the end. Now we'll know. We'll know exactly where this thing is going by the end of this season. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, this has come up quite a bit today, and people have some strong opinions about this on my on my text line. Um, giving Steve Clifford credit for what's going on these last four games. Where do you come down on that? Look, I, you know, I, look, I, like I said last week, I want to see them move on from Cliff after this. But you have to give Cliff credit for the way these guys are playing in this four-game winning streak. Uh, somebody has to orchestrate this, folks. It, it, just, it just wasn't five guys were just dropping into the into the locker room and uh, we're just going to roll the basketball out there and everything's going to be fine. No, the coach has to, to, to put the game plan together, has to motivate these guys, has to put them in positions to succeed, and he's doing that. I mean, like last night against the Jazz, you know, they had the first-half lead. The Jazz came out and, 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 and ripped it in the third, you know, in the past, that team probably would have folded and said, you know what, let's go on and move on to, to, to Golden State tomorrow. They came out in the fourth quarter and they won that game. And that, that, that's coaching adjustments. That's putting guys in the right spot. So you have to give Cliff the credit, even though, you know, everybody wants to push him out the door and, and, and want to see something new. Right now, he's got these guys playing well. You got to give him credit. It's just not the five guys that they put in there. Cliff has a lot to do with this as well. All right, so – but. So then you you still want to move on though, right? Yes, you still absolutely. Think, so who well, are you well, just at? like I said, it's got to be a ninety percent clip at the end of the season for this thing for me to even think about that. But you know, okay. I kind of had a, a good feeling. I was like, you know what? What if? What if this team does play well at the end? Maybe Cliff should come back, and that, that was the first time I thought that last night. We're just watching them because let, let's face it, just and just like I just said. The old guys back at PJ Washington and 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 Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, if that probably would have happened last night, they probably would have lost that game. Oh, Miles Bridges said as much. He said this is a game we would have lost a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. So you know, Cliff has a lot to do with this. So we're not going. So you're open to it then? I'm 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 starting to be a little bit open. But okay. They they've got and just like I said. What we will really know is when they start to play these better teams and how do they play against them. Then, if they really show improved, then yeah, then it might be time to actually have that discussion of Cliff. But right now, I'm like, you know, after this is over, let's just move on. Fair. But there is there is an open door. No, fair enough. I mean, I think he's off to a good start, yes. but you know, there's some things that like they got to beat some good teams. I like mm-hmm. that. Nate, Nate Wimberly, WBTV in studio with us. Let's change gears here for a second. Um, big news out of the NFL today. Salary cap has jumped 13.6% to $255.4 million. Um, That's huge, right? I mean, that's an additional $30 million over what they were anticipating. Mm -hmm. And I know there's some weird football math going on right now. Some people are saying, KB, how come it shows 28 for the Panthers and now it's 40, but you said 30. And um, there's a lot that goes into that that we can talk about. But still, there's a significant more amount of cap room mm-hmm. you know, available than was there just yesterday. What do you think? How does that impact the Brian Burns situation? You know what? Uh, it gives them some space to be able to, to, move, to maneuver a little bit better right now. Um, I've always thought they were going to tag them. 
um, and hopefully work out a deal. But it, it gives them more space to be able to do something now. Sure. Um, and, and, and especially when you're looking at you got Luvu and all those guys that, that are actual free agents um, that they have to resign. They get a little bit more space. I just I cannot I cannot for for the life of me justify thirty million for Brian Burns. I just he, he's I, I don't see him as top end NFL defensive rush in in this league. He should not be thirty million. Twenty five, twenty four, yeah. I wouldn't even do the twenty seven. So you know where that where he's what he's gonna get for this cap number is uh, or for this franchise tag twenty four or so twenty one to twenty four. Uh, that's where I was. Uh, that's that's the lane I will be in. But um, it, it helps them a lot. It helps Carolina Panthers a lot uh, in this situation. Um, it helps all the teams in this league because that thirty million that's 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 gonna help a lot of folks who got some uh, uh, franchise tag decisions to make. It's gonna help them decide. And like Kansas City with Chris Jones, this is gonna really help them out a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean that you gotta give it, you gotta find a way to get Luvu in here. And here's yes. the thing about Luvu, like Luvu, this guy's a free agent, mm. right? And this is the place where he was found, quote-unquote. He was a Jet before this, but he became a player in the NFL here. And you wonder, how how much does this place mean to him? Does he want to be here? Is it strictly about the money? Because it probably should be for a guy who this, is his, yes. this is his only and best big, yes. big contract opportunity. Yes. I mean, if you get the number, I think, close to right, you can probably keep him. But you better come correct, because otherwise he probably walks somewhere else. I, I, I believe he's going to walk. You think so? Because uh, I think somebody's going to offer him a bigger bag than they're probably going to offer him. I was thinking him. about that this morning. Um, yeah. But th- this is the thing that really kind of just irks me, that we continue to get these players, develop them, <laughs> on and, and struggle with these guys, and then they go somewhere else. And, hey, look, I'm in the playoffs. I'm deep in the playoffs. I'm in the Super Bowl. It's like, why does this place have to be the breeding ground for the talent? And then the talent leaves, and then it's just like, oh, well, there goes there goes CMC in the Super Bowl. Mm, look at that there. She should still be on this team. It's like, and now you're going to have Luvu do the same thing. So it's just, it's just, I feel for the city. I feel for the franchises here that this continues to go on. And hopefully it won't. Hopefully they can get Luvu back. Yeah. I mean, my, my hope is that they brought Brant Tillerson, mm-hmm. obviously for this particular reason, that he can find a way to get this done, especially now with additional cap space, because I understand people looking at this and saying, hey, you know, you got to get wide receivers for this. You're invested in this quarterback. Mm-hmm. But you're also trading away your best defensive player. And you know what's going to happen because we've seen it happen time and again after you trade this guy away. You know, this this cap space, I think, is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And if you can go draft a wide receiver at 33, sign one, be it a Hollywood Brown, a Mike Williams, a, you know, add to the room mm-hmm. and get you can you can hit multiple touch points on the to do list, if that makes sense, this offseason with a little extra money to spend. Yeah, it, it, it all comes down to the scouting department and all that good stuff. Everybody plays a role in this thing. It's just not Tillis. It's just not Morgan. You know, the, they've got to go out and find some diamonds in the rough. I mean, everybody else is doing it. I mean, the, the, my God, the Chiefs do it. You know, they got you know, Rice comes in, and he's the only, he's the best wide receiver that they got, and he's a rookie. I mean, like everybody else can do it. This franchise should be able to do it as well. And uh, they hadn't been able to do it uh, up to this point. We got a new regime now. We got new blood in there. We got some new eyes in there now. Let's see what these guys can do. It, it, just like I, it's SMS. Show me something. Let's let's get this done. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I'm, t- I'm not gonna give you excitement and, and good feels and all that. Man. No, no, no. Y'all got to show me something. Go bring some people in here that can play some football. I like it. You, by the way, did you see the, uh, the the news within the hour that uh, the 
Man, the NCAA just might have taken the silver bullet within the last hour. Tennessee and Virginia won their preliminary injunction against the NCAA. Judge ruled in favor of the states of Tennessee and Virginia, basically saying the NCAA can't enforce its NIL policy uh, and that doing so would trigger an antitrust violation. The NCAA is dead. I think officially today is the time of death. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, I really don't have much on that. I mean, like, it's been dying a slow death. Yeah. And they've been getting a lot of stuff wrong for years and years and years, punishing some of these kids that don't need to be punished. Uh, it needs to go. It's, it's antiquated. It's old. They got old ideas and old rules. It's time to move on from that and, and, and get something in here that's going to benefit everybody, not just the coaches and the universities and all that good stuff, these players as well. Love it. Nate Wimberly, good to yeah. see you, brother. You too. We'll you do too. it again next week. Nate yeah, Wimberly, WBTV. You got something right there? What you no, got? no, no, okay. no. Everybody check out the porn after the night. I'm sorry. Get, uh, get that uh, in. Do it, that. It's on WBTV.com, the WBTV News app. We we talked to Chip Patterson about the the big weekend in ACC basketball. I know he's a, a guest on this show. Every he was week. on today. We, ex, we had Ashley Mahoney on of Axio Charlotte to talk Charlotte FC. Go Charlotte FC. They start tomorrow. It's, I'm looking forward to that because it's always a great time yeah. inside of Bank of America Stadium with those supporters. Uh, they're going to bring it. Let's hope the team brings it. Yep, looking forward to it. Nate Wimberly, he's back next Friday. We appreciate him stopping in. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.